0: A little bit of extra juice in the Illinois Iowa rivalry this week as Illinois led most of the game, about 25 minutes or so, but could not close the deal in Carver Hawkeye Arena, falling to Iowa 81 79 and falling to 7 5 in Big Ten play. I'm Andy Olson. She's Bryce Bument. Welcome to the WCIA 3 in 1 podcast, Bryce. Boy, was there a lot of drama coming into this game, especially on social media. Uh, and I think that just uh, uh, just just made the rivalry uh, a little bit better coming into this one. And as highly billed as the Illinois-Iowa game always is, this one lived up to the hype. It was a close one throughout, came down to the final moments. First off, Bryce, you were there in Iowa. You're on your way back now. I want to ask you what the environment was, was like in Carver Hawkeye. Cause this was your first trip out there. Um, I heard from just other people on Twitter that it was an an insane environment considering the drama coming into the game. Uh, what did you experience on the baseline?
1: Yeah, you know, it was pretty, it was super loud. There was one point where I wanted to tweet it, but I didn't have the time to do it. Um, but it was super loud. I mean, every seat was filled. Uh, a lot of obviously, I I was ha- was having a like golden blackout. Um, but you would see just a bunch of pops of orange. And actually, this was like a fun thing that I noticed on my drive here. Actually, I saw several alumni fans, which I thought was kind of funny. I would like turn and obviously you can see their bright orange in the driver's seat. Um, uh, I saw a lot of Illini fans headed this way. And even um before the game started, uh, they're like little in arena host was talking about, um, how she's like, wow, there's several Illinois fans here today. You see all that bright orange. And so I think for, you know, all the drama, there were some Illinois fans for sure. There's a little, uh, group that were right near the bench. Um, it could have been, it looks like more like might've been parents or boosters or something like that. But, um, so there was a good little Illinois group, obviously all the drama, Andy, I have to talk about the drama that happened for this game. Um, But also it it led into the game because during one of the breaks, they had uh, the Boys and Girls Club come on to the court and everyone did a standing ovation. And, you know, I think it was there was a little bit extra clapping there, I think, uh, as a kind of a a dig at the Orange Crush a little bit. Uh, Obviously, it was great for the kids. You know, they're they're not a part of it. They're just having a great great time. So kudos to those kids. That was probably awesome for them. But I think there was a little pettiness there. I really think I might do that on purpose a little bit to have them come on out onto the court. And the fans were cheering extra loud when they came on. So I think we're, everyone was kind of like, a, oh, I, I see I see what's going on here. So I think that just kind of fueled the rivalry a little bit more. But it was super loud, Andy. It was such a good atmosphere, especially with it being such a close game the entire time. Um, I, It was it was really fun and loud just to be at. So, they, oh, I also with the rivalry, there was a lot of uh Coleman Hawkins, uh I, I want to say slander but not slander I guess uh heckling this word uh a lot of heckling to Coleman and there was even a sign that someone had and uh, just calling out Coleman every time he got the ball he he came onto the uh from the bench the one time they all just started like not a standing ovation but like a standing like boo <laughs> like so he was getting it pretty bad they were really ripping on him today.
0: The Cliff Notes version of the drama is that the Orange Crush had tickets to go to Iowa. They do one road game every year. Iowa canceled those tickets when they found out uh, that the Orange Crush had used the Boys and Girls Club as a cover for this group ticket purchase. Um, And I believe it was the Cedar Rapids Boys and Girls Club that they brought out today that those tickets were then donated to um, if you want to read more about it, we, we've covered it extensively. Uh, our news department has. You can read on WCIA.com. Uh, but all that leads into making this one feel a little bit bigger than it had uh, beforehand. And, and for Iowa, they're going to always be jazzed up to play the Ilana as Illinois has won five straight in the series between the two. Last one coming in the final game of the 21-22 season when Illinois beat Iowa at the State Farm Center to take a piece of the Big Ten regular season title. So that had to live in their their mouths for almost an entire year until this very next meeting. Uh, And and Illinois, uh, to their credit, played well enough to win this game for most of it. I feel like it was the tale of two halves. Let's start with the first half, Bryce, where Matthew Meyer really led the Illini. He had 15 points in the first half, did have to sit for the final few minutes in foul trouble. Uh, But Illinois could have gone into the break with a... Couple score lead, two or three score lead. Uh instead, Jay Nepps shoots a three-pointer with 21 seconds left when Illinois could have held it to take the final shot. Iowa gets the rebound, and then Chris Murray beats the buzzer for a three-pointer of his own on the other side to make it a one-point game going into halftime. Uh Bryce, your impressions of the first half. How did the Atlanta come out? Meyer seemed like he was really on a heater, as we all saw on TV, um, and he just seems to go on, uh, but overall, until those last 20 seconds or so, Illinois seemed to be in control and seemed to be uh, in the spot that they wanted to be going into the break.
1: yeah, I can agree with you more. Um, Matthew Meyer came out and he set the tone right away. Um, he obviously nailed the three just like first. You know, shot of the game, basically. I think there's a shot maybe before that, but whatever. First Illinois shot of the game or so. I don't know. First point of the game, Matthew Meyer came out, setting the tone with a three, like, right off the bat. And then um, there was a dunk by Dane Danger. I think it might have been from Meyer. Uh, I think it was in our highlights, but I'm blanking a little bit. But uh, dunk from Dane, and it just – they they set the tone right away that, like, hey, we're here to play, and we're going to take home the win. And, you know, kind of like, a, we're mad at it and we're going to win. And that was kind of the mentality. You could just kind of see it by Illinois. But they also seemed very composed. So not only was Matthew Meyer having a great game, uh, just shooting from everywhere and just playing magnificent offensively. Um, you know, they, they were, uh, I would also say with the first half, there were um, a lot more like fouls that were more lenient. Like, I think the refs weren't calling as much at all in the first half. They still called some stuff, but they were really letting them play on. And I felt like that really changed in the second half, which we can talk about that second half in a second. But um, I think that was a big factor for for the Illini because they were obviously in foul trouble in the second half. But in the first half, they were able to kind of rough up Iowa a little bit. Iowa didn't like it. And they just kind of let Illinois kind of beat up on them, like on the boards and stuff. And, you know, Illinois kind of touching them, grabbing them a little bit. And like, I think Iowa didn't like the physicality and it showed. And I think that kind of threw Iowa off and they weren't ready for that. I was actually near Iowa's bench on the first half. I got moved the second half. And uh, some of the coaches and assistant coaches and trainers were just screaming foul in my ear, like the whole time. Uh, pretty much any time Illinois was defending or even close to Iowa, they are like, that's a foul. And I think that they weren't calling it in the first half. And I don't want to put anything on the refs there, but it, it did make a huge difference to Illinois in the second because obviously they got in foul trouble. But um, obviously Illinois just set the tone, I thought, in the first. And every time Iowa would try to reciprocate and, you know, try to tie it up or get close within arm's reach to taking the lead, Illinois would just turn back around and you know get another bucket. So uh, that was my, and then obviously that kind of uh, the Chris Murray buzzer beater three there. Uh, I think that wasn't helpful going into halftime. That never feels good. I think, but um, yeah, then Iowa took over the lead going second half after that. So I, we can talk about our second half thoughts. But that was my that was my first impression of the first half.
0: Yeah, let's go right into after the break now, or Illinois. Well, first off, Iowa continued a little bit of their momentum to go up by four points at the very beginning. Illinois then rattles off a 9-0 run. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the game kind of being a little open, the refs letting both sides play a little bit. It was the exact opposite in the second. Illinois fouls Iowa 16 times in the second half, uh, well over 20 points from the charity stripe for the Hawkeyes. Tony Perkins was one of the biggest recipients of uh, those foul shots today Uh, for the game. He shot 15 of 16 from the stripe uh, good for almost half of his 32 points on the game. Uh, And in the end, that is the difference between Illinois and Iowa, not just the fouls, but also that Chris Murray three that we had just talked about. As, like I said, Iowa only wins by two in this one, Bryce. Did it feel like the game was being called differently uh, could you tell the Illini we're getting frustrated with some of those calls? I'm not going to put any of this on the refs saying they did a bad job. People in Illini Nation may think differently, but here, we, this is not on the Big Ten refs. The game is called how it's going to be called, right? We're not here to say good call, bad call. Uh, but could you tell that the Illini team uh, b- being impacted by that and, and not being able to um, rein themselves in when they realize that the game was being called a little bit different in the second half.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Obviously, I I was always, growing up playing sports, I was always told never to blame the refs. Like, you kind of have to adapt to what the refs are doing. And obviously, I thought it was a completely different kind of style there by the refs in the second half, which is fine. But for Illinois, if you're seeing some touchy calls right away, okay, well, lay off and, you know, move your feet and put your arms up and quit slapping at them. You know, there were a couple little slaps here and there. That got Perkins to the line several times. I think Dane. That was like three of his fouls were just from slapping Perkins, and it's like, you know, swatting at him and stuff. You know, if if it's if they start to do like a little bit more touchy, you have to adapt. And I think that shows you can't just keep playing like that. You gotta try to figure out a way that you're not sending, you know, Iowa to the line for thirty shots from the free throw line. You keep, that's not acceptable. Um, and obviously, that, I think that came down to it, and that was a huge benefactor, huge benefactor for Iowa. But um I would say I think Illinois, um, to answer your question, I think Illinois did get flustered. There was a time where, um, Iowa had kind of taken the lead, I think, in the second and um I could just see like you could see him yelling, some of the guys for Illinois. Um, uh, it was right around the time like Colonels got booed as he came off the bench, uh, onto the court and he seemed flustered to me. Maybe he wasn't internally, I'm not in his head. Uh, but he was 0 for seven from the field. Uh not including free throws, uh, just in from the field in general. So like, not a great offensive game for him. And I really think that the fans got in his head a lot today. I, in my opinion, he seems super flustered to me. Um, I think for a little bit you could see Brad Underwood too, like literally turn to his guys and like mouth calm down and like looked at his bench and like had his arms up, uh, telling them to relax basically and just. Play their game and it, you could just see the composure kind of fly away from Illinois and it kind of turned to panic and rush. And uh, they had a couple turnovers then um pretty much right after that. So I think Illinois really did start to panic. And I think that's when someone needs to kind of step up and, you know, I don't know how you do that, but they need to take a breath. And I think Brad was trying to call timeouts and try to give them a breath and be like, Hey guys, like relax. We're fine. Like keep composure but um, they just seemed frantic and the calls weren't going their way and they, they seemed stressed and like, they didn't handle it. I don't think very well.
0: Yeah. And it, Brad Underwood talked in his post-game press conference. You can watch the full thing on your line of right now about a lack of discipline uh, from the squad. Uh, because for the most part, Illinois played, I, I felt like really well in this yeah. one. Uh, they they were taking good shots. Um, besides that weird situation at the end of the first half um, they were playing all right defense like good enough um, but it was just this uh, these fouls that kept adding up and then you were it was restricting who was able to be on the court four players had four plus fouls for the Illini um, and they themselves drew quite a few as well the difference being uh, that's the only had 23 shots from the free throw line, while Iowa had 30, a difference of seven there. Uh, so it, Illinois could have easily won this game. It was a two point game. They were taking really good shots. Um, this is not like one of those losses that Illinois had earlier in the season where it was like, I have no idea what we just witnessed, but I have no idea. Is this team even good? Those kind of losses. Uh, I wouldn't say this is one of those, Bryce, because you have Jade Nepp stepping up in a big way, Matthew Meyer knocking down shots. You want to see Coleman Hawkins do better on the offensive side, but he was able to contribute defensively for you. Um, Luke Goody did not play in this game, but we're hopefully going to see him soon on the court. Uh, Things are still good for the Illini, but the loss definitely stings considering uh, what it means at this point as far as the Big Ten standings moving forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I thought, um, you Illinois there, you know, these kind of games almost hurt the most, you know, when you lose a close game like this, um, the other ones, I I don't know. These ones hurt more, I think. Uh, but you know, Illinois easily could have won this game. I don't think that they necessarily hang their heads about this. It's a learning experience. If anything, um, you don't get down about this. It was just a good big 10 game. And, you know, I thought both teams played really well. I thought that would, might have been one of Illinois' better games that I've watched, honestly. <laughs> for their passing stuff, like, I don't want to knock it off. Yeah, I was talking about kind of panicky there for a little bit. Um, but overall, like, they did play a good game. Like you mentioned, Jay Epps stepped up. You know, Brad Underwood said he's one of the best guards, freshman guards, potentially in the nation Um, in his post game. And he was a leader and that's really hard to do as a freshman you know to come out and just pop off in the second half and kind of put you know with some guys in foul trouble we kind of put the team on your shoulders as a freshman and you should do that as the point guard so I mean kudos to him I thought that was great and you know like you said they got off some really good shots defense wasn't bad it was just you know the foul trouble really killed them and it like you mentioned it gave them you know seven extra points but then for Iowa uh but I don't think Illinois hangs their head about this one. You just kinda gotta move on to get with a grain of salt, like yat yeah, stings, but you know, you gotta learn to adapt and in the second half if things aren't going your way and I think that's you just kinda gotta move on, but they can't be mad about it. They they had a great game. They're in the I mean, they scored seventy points, over seventy points. You can't you can't be upset. Usually you you know, you win a lot of those games.
0: This is Illinois' first one possession game of the season. Before this, they had not won or lost a game that was decided by one possession in 2022-2023. The closest game, result-wise, since December 2nd, two months ago, when they fell to Maryland by five points, but the game after that, December 6th against Texas, did go to OT, even though that one was decided by seven points in the end. Uh, So Illinois, not used to these closely contested games, either... It's decided one way or the other, usually uh, by winning time, final few minutes of the game. Uh, this one being the uh, 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 the odd, odd ball out as far as results for the Illini this season with it being so close. But, you know, you want to see them learn from this experience and get more experience in these close games, because certainly as we get into March, there will be more close games for the Illini Um, And they're going to have to learn how to win those Um, talent wise. I don't think my perception of Illinois changes at all with this game, Bryce. Um, I do think like what Brad Underwood said, there are things to clean up uh, disciplined a little bit. Uh, But as you've also said, it's a good learning experience too, because uh, you, you may learn more from this game, having lost it, than they would have if they had won it. Some final stats in this one, Matthew Meyer, I mentioned he had 15 in the first half. He ends with 21, Following him up points-wise, Dane Danger had 17. Jade Nepps adds 16. Uh, Off night a little bit for Terrence Shannon Jr., just 3 of 10 from the floor. He had 11 points. Uh, Rebounds-wise, leading the way was Dane Danger with 9. Coleman Hawkins also had 9, like I mentioned, not getting it done on the offensive side. So, able to contribute in other ways, grabbing rebounds, playing good defense as well. Ty Rogers. Had six rebounds, four of them uh, defense, uh, defensively. Excuse me, offensive rebounds, I should point out. Coleman Hawkins had six of them. Uh, Ty Rogers did have a nice putback on an offensive rebound as well in this game. Um, so, Bryce, Illinois now 7-5 and five in the Big Ten. They fall back into a tie for third place with Iowa, who has just beat them, as well as Indiana, who upsets number one Purdue. On this day as well. Uh, so the Big Ten, still very much a, I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, but your thoughts, Bryce, as we kind of wrap up now uh, from Iowa City, where Illinois is at. We're now 12 games into the Big Ten season. The final stretch here, they have Minnesota coming to town on Tuesday. You'd think that would be a win for the Illini as Minnesota just one in 10 in Big Ten play so far this season. Uh, but you never know. That's why you play the games. Uh, in my mind, Bryce, Illinois is still in a good spot at this point of the year, still a chance at that double buy. Um, and they just have to continue playing like this and they should win most of the games uh, in which they're playing uh, this well on offense.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it is crazy to look at the big 10 and it's so up in the air right now, you know uh, obviously Purdue has been a dominant force until just recently with Indiana upsetting them, but um, it's so up in the air, but I, you know, I think all these teams, you never know for a lot of these games, like who is going to come out with the win. Cause it is like super tied up, uh, for third and fourth right now. But, um, yeah, I think overall, you know, Illinois could go on a big stretch here. They have two home games. Um, you know, you should win those two at home and then they're on the road to Penn state, um, which they might be trying to, you know, go out for blood with that one, you know, a little revenge game after losing at home and you try to beat Penn State, you know, at their home turf. So I think that, you know, it's looking still bright for Illinois. They're obviously a changed team than they were, you know, in December and I still think that's hopeful. Um, but yeah, I just I think that they played well, had good shots on offense. Uh I think the heart is there. You know, they're scrappy. They didn't stop fighting until the end, which I think is good. You can't teach that sometimes. Um so yeah, I think I think they're in a good spot. You know, they uh but it it's just so wild to me, Andy. Like this Big Ten conference right now, it, it's kinda of just up for grabs for whoever wants it, kind of in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, we will uh see how these last six weeks. I think it's six weeks go, something like that, five weeks? Might be five weeks now. I'm I'm losing the calendar's lost on me. <laughs> I, I have no idea what's going on. I don't on even right know
1: now. what day it is at this point.
0: No, it, it's all going so quick. Uh, It should be an interesting final stretch of Big Ten play before they get to Chicago and the United Center. Um, Like I said, Minnesota coming up and then some interesting road tests after that. They have a road trip to Indiana coming up soon as well. That should be a fun one. Um, We will have all the coverage on our news tonight if you're catching this before 10 p.m., You can go to our website, WCIA.com, for highlights from the game and Bryce's story about Brad calling his team undisciplined and where they can clean up from here on out. Uh, Like I said, we also have Brad Underwood's full post game press conference on our website as well. Um, And then on Tuesday, tune back in as well of all the coverage of Minnesota coming to town and taking on the Illini in Champaign at the State Farm Center. Pre game show as well as highlights, story, and more, yourlannanation.com, and of course, on-air, WCI3. WCIA3, I'm running of words, Bryce. It's been, a, it's been a long stretch here, and the Illini, I know, are feeling tired as well, but this is where winners are made, and we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Safe travels back, Bryce. Um, hopefully, you had a fun trip out to Iowa. A little bit of clearer roads, and then on my way back from Madison a week ago yeah. or so.
1: Yeah, it's a nice sunny day here for me. It's obviously dark now while I'm driving, but it, it's pretty clear. The weather's not too bad. It's like 40s right now, so I can't complain. That's, the good. Line, that's unfortunately good. for you. <laughs>
0: that's, that's all right. That's all good. Uh, anyways, Bryce, thanks so much for coverage today. Great work out there. Uh, if you're the listener, we will catch up with you again on Tuesday after the Gophers and Illini go at it at the State Farm Center for Bryce. I'm Andy. Thanks for listening to the WCI three in one podcast, and we will see you on the next one.